0: Welcome to another gripping episode of And Just Like That Recap on Chic NYC. I'm Melissa Rich, joined again as fate would have it by Jake Cornell. Fabulous Jake Cornell, who I am very grateful was absolutely willing to come on last minute. Literally asked him yesterday as uh, my, as I mentioned, my booked guest was ill, like much of New York. The vibe is tense. It's, you know, between the allegations, the new episode and COVID, lots to discuss. And Jake is so fun because he is a new fan and he has the excitement for the series, the positivity, the insightfulness that I, it makes it really fun to, to chat with him. I do also want to make a sincere apology As I did not use the correct pronouns for Sarah Ramirez, I was not aware, IRL, they are they. And thank you to Jake for correcting me in that, and we'll use those pronouns going forward. And thank you for listening, for being here, for being on the ride with us. Love you, appreciate you, have a glass of Prosecco, a few Capris with us, and enjoy. Mwah! I do feel it's kismet and that you have been the person, like, people are, like, watching it, but you, like myself, aren't watching it. Yeah, like, well, it
1: sort of rolled, as, as we all know, like, I'm a, I watched it all, the entire series very recently, so it just kind of rolled in. That it's like, yeah, I'm still in the addiction phase, like, in this phase. <laughs> Absolutely. It hasn't gotten old to me, so now I'm just, like, in
0: on it. And the fact that you watched immediately... I think probably this was at least my, uh, watching of you watching it, which is you finished the episode and then immediately sent me the Chris Noss story.
1: Yeah. Well, it was my boyfriend and I watched it on the couch. We were sitting there kind of unpacking and discussing the episode. I get up to go to the bathroom. I'm walking through our bedroom to go to the bathroom. I get the Hollywood Reporter update and I yell it across the apartment. And then I texted you.
0: And like... The darkness that I felt a like when and I feel like I did come off a little bit like uh, jaded or whatever. And I was like, oh, yep, heard about it. And then reading the article, like the reaction that I first had, basically based on whisperings that I had heard through a lot of like service industry friends. And they had just kind of mentioned times um, when he was. Rather forcefully flirting. I'll say it that way. Predatory in nature was the feeling. Not necessarily... I hadn't heard, like, committed crimes. The only one I had heard was a friend who was at the cutting room, which famously, Marcia and I did handmaids there, which is a hilarious and encounter he in is general. A he's a owner. Yeah. yeah. He owns... Which is how he met his wife. So let's set up that for a second. Everyone like, oh, he's married, whatever. Yeah, he's married, I think... Because or not because, but like he knocked up his bartender. I think he literally had like a ten year long affair. With this alleged, this is not proven, this is not whatever, this is me, you know, don't sue me. But I think he was fucking his bartender for years and years. They got pregnant and are now married. So it's not like it's like oh yeah, my wife and so in love. And it says in the article the thing. Whatever, neither here nor there. There were whisperings and I'm not sure if I said it on the podcast. I saw in his eyes when he did that Allegra bit when they're in the kitchen. I was like, demon, demon. Yeah. And there are moments where you can see that in his character where it's just like, fuck. And when I did run into him in Union Square years ago, I was like, this, it was zombie like Jake. It was like he's walking, dragging a leg behind him in a weird way. And I'm not saying that like these are like signs of a rapist or whatever. I'm just saying there's been shady energy around this guy for a long time and it has not been widespread at all
1: and i think the lesson is like as someone who kind of like was on the like on the last episode was like he's hot i like big and i do still <laughs> the character big like whatever but like obviously i think chris north is like a monster and piece of shit but it's like what this goes to show you is like when you live in new york and when you especially when you're in the restaurant industry in any capacity you hear this about different celebrities like oh they tr- mm-hmm. like and it's like And the the energy is that, like, well, I've heard this stuff, but it's all just creepy stuff, like, nothing like that. And it's, like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And it's, like, don't... The lesson of it is, like, don't fucking trust creeps. Creepy behavior leads to more creepy behavior until you get to, like, really nasty shit.
0: Right. Well, and that's why I think Zoe Lister's post was really amazing. And, um... I mean, she's an incredible person, like, through and through for as much as I know of her. And to put that out there so publicly with the nuances perfectly displayed. I think what's interesting is, like, what a responsibility he had because with Big, it goes beyond this kind of, like, movie star thing that we have with, like, Ryan Gosling or anything like that. Like, of course, we're all attached to, you know, these guys who are, you know, the narrative of the love interest but this was year decades long that we've been like in this narrative with this man playing this character a character who kind of preys on the part of us that's like wanting the thing that's not necessarily good for us and not that that is what
1: you're right i hadn't even thought about that and that is so insidious is like
0: exactly his predation plays
1: his predation plays into what we loved about the character exactly and that is Ugh, taking that advantage
0: sucks. of not only the fact that it's easy for him to like get women just based on being Mr. Big and being famous, taking it to a next level of like, Ooh, you want this kind of bad there. Something. It's, it's just so, so sickening. And all, you know, all the support in the world going out to these women and for coming forward. And I think, and anyone who was so, triggered by an, the story is exa- yes. like,
1: I, it, And what's
0: even shittier is for him to, in his denial, his statement of complete denial, taking no responsibility for even any pain he might have accidentally caused, no taking responsibility for that. He blames them for the timing of it and, like, tries to put them down that. So I think, you know, there's always a spectrum of, you know very good and very bad with apologies and denials, and he is so, so at the end of the bad spectrum. Yeah, there's no, it doesn't really I get I don't worse. know what PR person <laughs> okayed that statement. It's just absolutely sickening. So, yeah, fuck, fuck so, Mr. Big. fuck
1: Mr. Big, and... To, and good because he's dead, and now we get to talk about episode three of just like that.
0: <laughs> and when people are talking about like, did they kill him off on purpose because they knew about this? I think if they knew about this, they wouldn't have let him come within a hundred feet of the set. I'll tell you
1: this right now, I could, I would bet every dollar I have that Cynthia Nixon would not have touched
0: this no show had she known. No fucking way! I think they're just like, well, at least we went that route. And you know what? I'm probably there was probably some. You know, maybe either, like, difficulties to working with him or something that led them to that decision that are not, like, completely unrelated. But and, and he had come forward and said things like, I'm not doing this movie. The movies are fucking cheesy, whatever. So when an actor is already bad-mouthing your projects, I don't think you're going to be, like, rushing to work with him long-term. No. No, no, no. So, yeah. <sighs> so All right. that's that. Yeah, we did it. Okay. I saw Anna Winter yesterday. Where? walking in the West Village. My friend Rose and I met up for a walk, a COVID safe walk in our masks. And I see we're talking about, and just like that, we're literally recapping for ourselves. And like physics does (laughs) occur, we see a bob with bangs and- Was it, were you in Washington Square Park? No, we were- I've seen her there. Oh, really? Cool. I I think she
1: lives, I think she lives like Park Ave South, like right near Mm, the
0: park. Excellent. Excellent. So I thought that was fake. I thought that that was is a good faith Another thing that we um, maybe should clear off this is our last episode with Stanford. Which is so. And to me, one of the more promising aspects of the series. It's,
1: it's like not. Everything about it is so heartbreaking, but to see that they were setting him up for this really special arc, and it was going to be really beautiful, yeah, is makes it, it it's a twist of the knife, it's see, even more painful. Yeah,
0: and we'll get into the specifics, but like to see him with the three of them was so lovely, and I really, <laughs> that I think could have been a savior of the show. And it's just kind of like, wow, like... What What a cursed venture this has been, in a way. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, is fucking Kim Cattrall doing some insane voodoo like witchy spells? Would love, like you know, it's and, and you know, legit. Am I just gonna get sued to shit by HBO? Whatever. All right, so to open the episode with a podcast scene, the most unwatchable parts of the series
1: the podcast scenes are tough and here's the thing again like i think my theme in these podcast episodes is like constantly asking myself like what if this is intentional and what of this is is unintentionally bad is like the podcasting supposed to be i don't think so jake okay
0: i think they're trying to be like this is what comedians are, which is you know any industry listening, if you're writing comedians or maybe they do have comedians writing. I don't know. I don't know exactly. But I'm just like
1: fuck. The like it woke moment seem, trigger warning exactly. soundboard. The soundboard
0: is what the fuck? Like no one who I know who's a comedian would be like, "Yes, that is funny. Good idea." Did you listen to podcasts? Did you like take a look at like any what I don't know. It's really, it's, it's hard. And I feel kind of like bad for Sarah Ramirez in this because I feel like I can like see like a layer of her just being like, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Being like, fuck. Yeah. Or maybe not, maybe not, but it's just like. Yeah.
1: It's tough. And I'm hoping I'm not, I don't love the, as I've said before, so far I'm not sold on the Che Miranda romance. (laughs) Um,
0: That's one thing that maybe I've come around to in this episode.
1: But what I will say about it is I'm hoping that it allows an avenue for which the Che car- character to get fleshed out in a way I where agree. it's like um, this like tough exterior. Mm. Really, I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't feel like it's dropped in yet. And I'm hoping it drops in. That's a
0: good way to say it. And I don't think it's on them. I think it's on some of the writing and choices.
1: I agree. Yeah.
0: Because the stand-up was tough.
1: Well, right, I think part of it is right now the Che character doesn't have any, um, any, like, foil to them. Like, it's very, um, it's very, like, they are kind of, like, pure confidence, pure, like, this is the perspective. They have, like, this stand-up set set that's, like, quote-unquote amazing. And, like, they're kind of just, like, giving material for everyone else to react to. And they're not themselves, like, reacting and, like...
0: in a way sometimes that's how people write comedians yeah there's not a lot of nuances to comedians which I think kind of comes from this idea of what comedians were in like the 80s and blah blah blah. like it almost seems like she's like an 80s comedian they're an 80s comedian dropped into this modern socially you know speaking about all this I don't know yeah it's it's a weird
1: it's 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 interesting I'm hoping it gets fleshed out a little bit more and I do think that Sarah Ramirez is a very good actor
0: 100% I've seen him in other stuff
1: so I have faith that like it's going to develop but what's kind of interesting to tie it into like the Stanford of it all is like I think what they were doing with Stanford is kind of rectifying this wrong that happened in the original series of Stanford being this two dimensional bitchy gay that comes in and provides bitchy gay and leaves and doesn't Mm. get a ton of there is like moments of texture when you know like he has. He gets. They try to set him up with Mario Cantone, and Mario Cantone's like, and like Stanford dealing with like not being quote unquote like traditionally attractive, but it doesn't get. That's what I super feel like they out. did
0: well with Stanford was like kind of like highlighting those parts of the gay community where
1: yeah, you know, but I think they were trying to flesh him out even more in this yes, new series for sure. But what's ha- but, I, but I'm saying in a similar vein, it's like right now they're giving a very two dimensional okay. sort of like confident bush butch assertive thing with with Che that I'm hoping gets fleshed out in something a little bit more dynamic. Um that,
0: and I I actually do have confidence that they will do that.
1: Yeah, I mean again I'll say like I had said like I was if the, the the jump from episode one to two in terms of quality was so strong and I was hoping that two to three would be the same and for mm. me it was. Three was I think so three felt close to an episode of Sex in the City and I loved well. and I've also that I wanna say I love this show. I'm loving this show. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like and I was listening to another podcast that was talking about it and they said something that was like really they were like that was really correct but they he was like it was bobby finger on who weekly he was like i enjoyed watching it and i'm enjoying the conversations i'm having about it and i think by definition that means it's a good show yeah and i agree with that is it like you know is it perfect is it like the greatest piece of cinema i've ever seen no not yet but like i don't know
0: and we will see yeah well what i think this episode brought was an aspect of fucking carrie like yes like, a, our girl was back a bit. Yeah. And it started with that vintage Gucci uh, fanny pack that she was wearing to the yes. side. I was like, yes, bring us back those pieces from the series.
1: I'm not missing Patricia. This one. I'm loving the outfits. I honestly, they look same.
0: Good. Honestly, same. And like, I didn't think I would say that. And I thought it would maybe try to be this like Patricia copycat type of thing. But I don't think it is. I think it's in its own world and i think it's really really well thought they
1: did an impeccable job of taking what their fashion what those three characters fashion senses were in the 90s and early 2000s and being like what would that look like in 2021 and i do think that is something they truly nailed on the head
0: yeah and of course we see the belt which i'm like kind of like roll my eyes at the belt thing just because i think i heard like the um do you know the story about it where they were like oh we love the belt we're gonna call it roger whatever maybe this is I think Inside I know baseball, what you're about. but like that black belt with the studs, they were obsessed with that. Whatever, they're bringing that back. There's there's tropes coming back that I do enjoy. Yeah. But I think like it's Carrie's neurotic nature that yeah. provides like that was her the, brand of wait, comedy. The
1: moment that I was like, we're back in Sex in the City, was when she barges into fucking um, yeah. Natasha's office, yeah, like against it's that is like that was the new. Carrie walking into Natasha's office after Natasha blocked her and didn't respond to her emails was the new Carrie going to the church after Big said don't go to the church where I'm a Totally, and
0: totally. I loved and that because I was like, through his I was like, yeah,
1: like, she's yeah. cuckoo, cuckoo. Oh my god, how great was it? Like, the the like, pulling out Big's vax card, so it's like, don't worry, he was vax. Like,
0: yes <laughs> I love it. I know. It's- so funny. They're like taking every turn to be socially responsible. The only time their COVID thing has sounded natural to me in this series, though, that was pretty good. And also Charlotte being like, I went into her pre pandemic at Bird I was like, okay. Which that, that is, is one something that was a natural said. statement that sounded okay and not like the clunkiest thing in the world. Sounds
1: know, the city, got babes. A little
0: traffic jam downstairs. Boy. Like, oh, this
1: might They'll last work a
0: while. it out. Um,. I love, like, Carrie struggling with technology, trying to figure out... The two phones things, is guys, great. Right? Yes, it's like... Well, also, like, why does he have his own phone number written down this? in his... back? I love, like... And they did a really good job in this when, like, she gives that kind of monologue to Miranda when, like, I'm still insecure. I'm still, like, from the grave, this avoidant man is torturing her. Like...
1: That was so great because it was kind of, like... It was kind of telling you, like, "Hey, we skipped the happy years because it wasn't exciting to watch." Like, she was at peace, and now you're right. dropping back into when it's like hard, and like I thought that was kind of genius. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. The scene, favorite scenes for me, that scene with Carrie and um, Miranda on the steps at Columbia when she was like, "You, you walked here." Wait, that was I was laughing. I had the realization because, like, the, there was the big reveal. Like, she had she's walking all the time, right? So it's like she walked to Columbia, and yeah. it was like this huge deal. And I'm thinking, wow, that is far because I live in Bed Stuy, and I'm sure. like, wait, Carrie lives on the Upper East, like, like she walked she across the would, park. Like, like, across like, town, <laughs> and
0: she's like this strange land called the Upper West Side. I'm like, this. but I
1: did adore the line. These are my, these are my sneakers with that chunky heel, gorgeous. So that was one of my that favorite scenes. And then I would say best scene of the episode, um, and probably best scene of the season so far, Carrie and Natasha at the restaurant was phenomenal. I thought.
0: I have to agree. Okay, so I think this might be all we get of Natasha this season, maybe. So I would love to delve in. Like, this character, I think, was one of the most complicated characters. Not complicated necessarily, but, like, how we feel about her so nuanced in the regular series. Because this woman literally did nothing wrong. And if you imagine her as a 25-year-old getting picked out by this older finance guy who just kind of, like changes your life all of a sudden and like how happy they look in that wedding photo and everything within a few episodes is breaking her face in her own home because of Carrie like that is trauma beyond trauma and like I think the one thing they've always given this character is, like, such fucking grace. Like, she never loses her cool. Even when Carrie comes in, this tooth will never match this tooth. Like, that is one of my favorite monologues. She's really classy. She is so classy. And just top to bottom in this episode, not responding to her being like, I am not giving this woman any more energy in my life. Yes. Like everyone kind of has a crazy person that will follow them around, you know, in their life in New York forever, which Carrie is that to Natasha. And it's like, I am not doing this anymore. Yeah. I will use every method necessary to keep you out of my life. I'm in Rome. I'm not taking, yeah, that. I'm uh, in, delicious. Like, tell her I'm in Rome. I'm
1: not taking the money. Like, and I thought... I loved the line. I'm forgetting the exact wording of it, but basically it was like, he was always in love with you.
0: Okay. Which, that is what I want to take, take you uh, on with, because I did not like that. I can mean, Can I tell you fine. my interpretation of it Please. and then yours? Yes, or, go for
1: No, it. can you tell me... I, I don't want to cut you off. But no, I go have first, an, go first. My interpretation of that line was basically her kind of saying, like... I think she probably, in her processing of whatever happened between her and Big and the fallout of it, was realizing, like, oh... Cause this, cause we've, I mean, it's pretty clear. Like I think what's revealed is like, there's a part of big that is like incredibly narcissistic and selfish
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and, and that marriage was never about her. He never loved her and he never, and he used her to get over Carrie or to get back at Carrie. You could say maybe probably a little bit of both. And like, that's interesting. I think that's what she's saying is like he was always in love with you, and this right, whether right. N- and not that, and I'm not saying he cognizantly thought I'm going to marry this woman to get back at Carrie, but I think at the root of what he was emotionally doing, that is right, what she's it like, was. Why the fuck did you put
0: me through this? Yeah, and
1: I think she's kind of saying to it's funny because like she's saying that to Carrie, and I think Carrie takes it as peace, like yeah, he always did love me, but she's kind of saying like this guy fucking sucked a little bit, like he <laughs> married <laughs> okay, me even though he's fair. in love with you, like, and now he's he's continuing this pattern from beyond the grave of like leaving me this million dollars because he can't actually say what he did wrong Mm, and it's and that's at your expense once again because he couldn't just tell you I feel bad about what I did to Natasha I'm gonna leave her some money in my will like it's this lack of communication that comes from like narcissism and an inability to actually communicate and I think that was her way of saying that I don't think it was like her kind of just without any without any baggage kind of giving Carrie this thing of like he loved you I think it was loaded
0: okay okay I like that and appreciate that What I was like, kind of, I felt they wrapped it up for Carrie in a bow a little too perfectly in that scene, where it's like, what I really loved was her, she's so the bigger person, she's so the classy bitch, giving Carrie ice, and Carrie's kind of pathetic Uh, ass sitting there burned.
1: In that weird, sad coffee water, that was genius. I loved it.
0: Loved it. But then, to kind of, I guess what I didn't like was just kind of setting Carrie back into this place of like full and to your point maybe it wasn't that but to me it was kind of like okay let's get every anxiety that she's had in the past you know however many years out of the way he never loved me he only loved you and she gets to kind of go home and be like cool and you're right I don't think she is necessarily like okay cool but I don't think she sees it as like this guy sucks no
1: but Carrie's also flawed like Carrie has a lot of problems that's what I mean I'm saying she might be Taking it that way But us right, as the like, audience Can take it and be like That's not Oh no
0: we know we sucked yeah, yeah for sure For sure for sure So maybe yeah In that scene I felt A little too Let's put a bow on this And free Carrie from I hear that
1: worries. I do fully hear that
0: But a gorgeous scene Gorgeous
1: Really well done
0: She has kids She's doing okay Carrie's a stalker And you know what? And there is kind of this thing and like, you know, I think everybody's had this, you know, you're dating someone and it's like the most crushing thing ever, but it ends up being this dodged bullet in a sense that Natasha, I feel like, was still trying to dodge and Carrie coming back in and getting this money. It's like, will you let me fucking like be out of this like she's not the one now with a dead husband like she's got kids she is happy she has a career she is good like let me be good for fucking and also, five minutes and
1: also her saying i'm really sorry for your loss was also kind of a nice moment of her being like i don't have a loss like he wasn't yes, something Rich. to me yes it's like i don't have a loss i don't really feel much about this like yes. i moved on from this man 20 years ago at this point so it's not my loss and so i feel sorry for your loss yes
0: Mm, beautiful, beautiful writing in the scene. I also loved. I wish they melted a little bit more. Honestly, Natasha waving to them through the window, and then them running across the street. My knees. I loved yeah, that. Loved ah, that. Ah. You know. The, these I also women loved running.
1: the. I also loved because this was another thing where they never really do Natasha dirty. Was when Charlotte was like, Ugh, "She's in flats," and Miranda was like, "Come on, Yes. Like, you're." Yes. It's like because it's like you're digging, bitch. There's nothing. And wrong.
0: that's the Miranda I want to see more of. Is like keeping them on their toes in that way but not from this point that Righteous they've had face. her. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like, obviously we're still in the the drinking storyline, which I think will you know, well, I'm like, blow wow, up into a major thing. Well, I'm obviously. like, wow, it's
1: moving quickly. Like, it is. When she found the the Tito's bottles, I was like, oh, we're there. I will also say I that was like I was like, there's no alcoholic in the writer's room because let me tell you this right exactly. now. Exactly. If there was an alcoholic, if you, or if you were an alcoholic and you're ripping Tito's nips you're in your bag.
0: throwing them in the goddamn trash.
1: Not even that, because she might, I actually think you would hide them in your bag some, in certain instances, but you would not then give your bag to someone and be like, go through this and get the charger. You would get the charger uh, yourself because you're not going right. to let her open the pocket that has, has the empty funny. nips in it.
0: Yes. That's not you what an alcoholic, alcoholics around. know, yes, like, yes, yes. the only
1: thing alcoholics are better at than drinking, and in fact, probably what they're better at than drinking Is hiding their drinking. So it's like.
0: 100%. Do you know
1: what I mean? So she's
0: not only an alcoholic, she is a bad alcoholic. Oh my god. That's so funny. uh, That's so true. Go through my bag and find this. uh, Yeah. Hilarious. It is so funny to see. And I thought about this a lot um, in the regular series. It's like when Carrie's not there, the friendships that are. And it was obviously more interesting when Samantha was in the mix. But it's wild to see the women together without Carrie as the glue yeah. to hold them together. Yes, 100%. And I feel like it always comes off a little bit odd. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah, I think Carrie is the keystone of the friend group. Of course. And, we, and like I, I think the writers know that. And it is interesting to see like those kind of moments of like it can be a little uncomfortable because it's like, oh yeah, well, you-
0: and because Charlotte sucks, like, I had one friend, I like, showed Sex and City to the first time and she was genuinely looked at it at the end, she was like, wait, why do they hang out with her? Why, why is she in the group? And I was like, yeah, that's actually a really good point. I feel like <laughs> in reality, they would have dumped Charlotte a long time ago. Maybe not fully dumped, but like, you know, but I think they're doing a good job of portraying that in this series where it's like, Stanford is kind of the preferred friend in this scenario. Yeah. With the martini scene. Let's get into probably my favorite scene in the episode was Stanford arriving to lunch. And oh,
1: incredible. It
0: was perfect. What?
1: Could you figure out what restaurant that was? It no, was I bothering me. It was, I was bothering, bothering at
0: that me. And I was like, where the fuck is that? A lot of it was filmed in Midtown. So I'm going to guess it's like a Midtown. It, but it looks too it, like
1: small and, and villagey. It like
0: Tribeca. Yeah. It yeah.
1: looks like Tribeca or the village to me.
0: And that's possible. That's possible. I wish that someone was uh, posting the locations. Would I Would be know. helpful for me in many ways.
1: If you got DM Melissa or yeah. me, if you know if you know where, where that the restaurant was, because I really want to know.
0: We'll give you a pack of Capri's as a gift.
1: It looked. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like to me. I would guess like a West Village seafood restaurant is what it looked like okay. to me.
0: It looked big though. In some, set. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Um, but to me, <laughs> like Stanford just eating it was perfect like every the my therapist line this has been building for years here we go like getting into it and I don't know just like it seems it's just such a fucking shame and I'm gonna say this a million times because it just seems like he Willie Garson was prepped and ready for this like major focus to be yeah. on him and the character's major focus to say, Gimlet, you know, after that, like, he's just like, so, he he was dropped in. This is a dropped in character. This is someone that he yeah. could have played for the rest of his fucking, I mean, he did play for the rest of his life, but, like, could have played forever because yes. he knew this man. And I just love the, you think I'm not in a circle? You think I'm not in a circle? It was and genius. it's so funny because in the series, yeah, he was portrayed as, only Carrie's inner circle, and I love the nuances of bringing him into the fold of the regular friend group, now that the space is available.
1: Yeah, and that kind of touches on what you just said about, like, seeing the other friends when Carrie's on around, it's like, because the thing is, Carrie is the glue, like, of that friend group, so it is kind of like, well, if he's Carrie's inner circle, like, why is he not Miranda and Charlotte's inner circle? Because it's, like, all the same inner circle, so it kind of makes sense to, like, start to fold him in and see the uncomfortability of that, Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, the scene with Charlotte was... It was so good. And then the hitting the chair the with the chair. door was so uh, funny.
0: So funny. That whole lunch I really did like. That was probably one of my favorite chat and chews that I can think of.
1: It was a great chat and chew. I will say in that plot line, like, it's Carrie's fault for not telling Charlotte that there were four people.
0: Uh, yeah. You
1: got to tell people how many people are coming if they're going to be the one making a reservation. Like... Charlotte could be pissed at Carrie for being like, (laughs) I made a reservation for three.
0: But I love the idea of Carrie just being like, I don't want to fucking deal with that.
1: Of course. Dealing with
0: Charlotte and telling her and be like, oh, you're meeting Stanford? Oh.
1: Also, Charlotte is actually right. Not all three tops are four
0: tops. Four tops. And I love... Especially in New York City. That is absolutely true. And also Stanford working at the Odeon (laughs) in the 80s. That line I loved. That was to me, like, that's what I want more of.
1: And that was, like, it was, you knew it was good writing because you knew the response before he even said it when Charlotte was like, you serve tables. We all were like, no, he no, was the host, host, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and of course, he was like, no, I hosted.
0: Yeah, I hosted.
1: <laughs> Genius writing. Because of course, we all knew.
0: I know. It's so good. It's so good. And obviously, like, the Charlotte storylines, this was far more palatable than the first episodes as far as Charlotte goes. Like, I did... Appreciate her, you know, the crying at the stand-up show and calling her daughter like.
1: It was really nice.
0: It was really nice, and and I think it's like I don't know
1: stuff like that. It's like if they're gonna take that on, it's like, and people are like, it's so uncomfortable to watch. And it's like, okay, here's the thing though, like if we were to like just pitch them these situations and have them slam dunk it, it would be like, all right, guys, like, it wouldn't. That's not what's gonna happen. Also,
0: you have to think like we are actually probably kind of a niche watching this and probably all of the listeners as well like being maybe our age or whatever like everyone in middle america is watching this and moms are watching this and like probably moms going through the same thing so as we watch and cringe they're watching and relating and yeah, taking it in
1: damn, it's a bit of a so... love simon
0: you know what i mean it's like we're not going to get the, the the scenario that we want out of the first gate, and actually, it probably can't be at that level as an entrance point anyway. So that's kind of what I got out of that. That's a and good point. I thought of an actually sadly realistic part of it was Anthony's response. I think it was actually unfortunately very well written when he's like, "Yeah, what does she want to be a uh, whatever? Whatever you know." I think totally. that that's like,
1: I mean, that's a people have it like age appropriate. You can't be- the, the argument of like you're too young to be making this quote unquote decision or whatever exactly and totally. like don't
0: support it don't indulge it kind of which like is obviously the wrong advice but I think that may be the advice that you get from a person when you're of that generation
1: yeah a hundred percent
0: I am excited to see more of his uh, hunky sourdough business I think that is a fun little gag
1: see that's a great way like obviously we talk a lot about how they take on COVID having him start a full sourdough business <laughs> is a really camp COVID joke yeah. it's a good yeah. good camp yeah. I mean, COVID, COVID joke, joke. Yeah. COVID has spiraled this person into making a full sourdough business where hot men deliver sourdough oh, yeah. to you that's really funny and I'm down Yeah, that's the tone of the show that I want
0: and that's Anthony like yeah that's he is a crucial part and I feel like it is and it that just kind of brought like a level of reality to me that like oh my mom and her gay friend who has the business and like I'm working the bakery and like it all like just kind of like that really gelled for me, which I thought was really
1: nice. I totally agree. I totally agree, and I thought it was a really funny joke.
0: Yeah. I wrote down in my notes, Carrie walking for me, like, we, I know we just touched on it, that like, it's completely ridiculous that she uh, has not been to the Upper West Side, and it's a strange time for her. But for some reason, like, that was such a great way to, like, display New York and to, like, I don't know, in some sort of inside baseball way to, like like, yeah, like, some people go on a fucking, like, you know, like, honestly, what Carrie needs is like a uh, Cheryl Strait wild, like you know, uh, fucking hike or something. But like, you can't do that, and that's not what she would do. So she's fucking walking around the city. But
1: I've also done that.
0: Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, On my that worst is what days. you do. That's like kind of an actual, very realistic New York, like fun and beautiful way to showcase yeah
1: to just walk for miles in the city and you are alone but you're not alone it's a very real thing
0: and just like the fact that you like literally turn a corner and you're in an entirely different environment and like the healing that that can provide i just like it like made me emotional
1: i thought it was a really that's a that it's another great thing of like yeah that's what i would do and that's what she would do and i believe
0: it i know it's really it's really sweet and then like at the end of the episode when she well i guess we got to talk about miranda before we get to the end of the episode
1: we also need to talk about once again <laughs> why is everyone smoking full, full flower weed, weed in bars and restaurants i don't uh, that's I need you to understand if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in New York City which I'm, I'm assuming most of you are but if you're not nobody fucking no does that no one's doing that if you pulled out a bowl in a bar and ripped a bowl you you're would be told to leave
0: out. yeah you're getting even at, kicked like, out
1: even at the VIP after party of Webster Hall which wait question okay. is that bar under like where Miranda went into that door I was like yeah. I think
0: that's just like the side door no entrance I part? think
1: that's like where like they keep like the kegs like I was like oh. I don't think that's a <laughs> bar like I think that's an alley behind Webster Hall like but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been to, like, the VIP room of Webster Hall. But I've been to, like, the downstairs. And I was like, I just... that When when she went to that door, I was like, is that a real place?
0: That's a great question. And honestly, I'm not the person to ask. Because every time I've been at Webster Hall, I have been on a substance. <laughs> and I truly have no idea. Like, I thought that... It's just so funny to pick Webster Hall for that. Because it's like... I don't know. I mean, sure. Would you film a special there in some world? Yes, absolutely. But it's just, like, everyone in New York has... Probably, like the most insane memory there from like you know early two thousands or whatever, where you're just like uh, for, for me, it's like you're a kid getting fucked up at Webster Hall, so it's just like very funny to see those women in that environment. I know it is th- that was delicious for me,
1: I loved, yeah, I did love it.
0: this is why I'm somewhat on board for the Miranda journey. I think is it you know dragging you know reality into art and the life into art, whatever, fine. But also, like, I think that, like, queer women who were not able to do it at a young age, like, seeing that is going to, again, you know, love Simon, some inspiration into that. And I do think it just gives space for that late-in-life queer journey.
1: 100%. That,
0: like, I'm here for. I do agree. And, like, I think in the first couple episodes, I was kind of rolling my eyes at it. But now it was somehow endearing when – just, like, to see Miranda that excited about it, I guess. Like, I guess I still roll a little bit, but I am, I think, now here for it. Her.
1: I know. Again, I will say, when you tie it in with the alcoholism thing, I it's agree. like – I was like, is she going to that bar because she wants to keep drinking or because she wants to okay. see Che? Right. And it's like – and here's the thing. In the real world, shit you're, – if you're an alcoholic who's also going through a, a sexual awakening, like, it's probably a little bit of both – and so maybe I'm being too critical of it, but I'm kind of like I.
0: Well, no, I, you're right, and I think it's we did like talk a little bit of
1: like so- a whiplash when you're watching it. When I thought, when when she kind of sent them off in the car to go, I was like, because we had seen her find the empty bottles, where I was like, she's about to go and in, back into Webster Hall and get really fucked up. And this is like we're going to see like the alcohol thing, and then when it's be the Che to actually be like, oh, she's actually going to flirt with Che and like have a Che moment. I was like, I'm. It's it's a little bit of like whiplash.
0: That's funny. I didn't think about that. I only thought it would be Che, but I think and maybe we talked about this, it does water down the um, queer awakening in a sense that it also is colored with alcoholism. Like that yeah. she maybe wouldn't be doing this. It were for that or something. I don't, yeah, I don't the like thing. those they things. Could,
1: from... Here's the thing. We could be criticizing it now. And then on episode seven, they kind of slam dunk it where they kind of like take all the nuances of that whole situation and they, and they tie into something really powerful. And they could. Yep. And um, they, t- they totally could. I'm just kind of commenting on how I'm experiencing it right now, which is like, this is a it's lot. It's not
0: needed. It's not needed. It's like, it, you can be unhappy in your marriage because you're just fucking eating ice cream and not fucking for years okay it's so funny they dropped that in years the, yeah, that they're not fucking that they're not fucking
1: fu- okay which is crazy because if I was married to Steve I would be fucking him every single night I think he's so hot I
0: know you do also
1: they're they're like also like I'm not mad at their little Sunday board setup. That, like, board okay. of building their own Sundays looked Let's nice talk about as that.
0: Hell. And, like, Except organized. putting chia seeds on
1: ice cream is Throw deranged.
0: Grow up. up. What is that? Go to Whole Foods or something. Don't bring that I into did like the that Steve. Cream. Didn't he
1: say, like, chia seeds are bullshit or something? Yes, it was funny. That was
0: really cute. I'm still deeply in love with Harry. If I'm fucking any guy on the show, literally start to finish, would not take Big or Aiden or any of them over Harry. One million percent. The stream joke, I like that. Oh, yeah. But that's literally all they have given Harry is, like, uh -uh, I'm 60 and I'm Jewish, or whatever. Like, they're just, like, not... Not yet. Harry got good stuff on the
1: original series, and he's definitely the best man they've had on the show, in terms of, like, the the heart of him and, like, the conduct.
0: The heart, the chemistry between him and Kristen Davis, like, they're still fucking. No question. And I love Charlotte. I mean, this is, you know, kind of, like, from the original series as well. Her shock when Miranda says years like I think that I'm kind of sad that they're doing that again to Miranda and Steve but I also think that may be the reality of that relationship
1: yeah I mean here's the thing part of it also I'm as a fan you kind of have those things where you're like you for good television people do have to break up they do have to go through conflicts but as someone who's like connected to them in a Steven relationship I'm like no don't break up and like I'm sad but it's also like sure. yeah if they break up like it's still probably gonna be a good show like you oh, know like definitely. I don't know yeah. it's 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 hard to like what are you actually critiquing and what is like what you as a fan want for the characters in like a uh, if they were real people that's kind of way fair.
0: that's fair and I feel like I've always had this weird like relationship with the sex and the city fan base I like obviously include myself in it but also I feel like I'm separated from it I think like my years and working for the tour and, like, coming in contact with literally fans from all over the fucking planet where this is their religion. This is their, like, you know, it's like you are big or you are Aiden and that defines you. And, like...
1: It's like Hogwarts houses. It's, like, that level.
0: The fact that you brought up (laughs) Harry Potter in both episodes...
1: Wait, did I bring it up at the first? This is humiliating.
0: No, I, I, like... I absolutely respect it. It is so funny to me that that is like your second is that something ahead that of the fandom city?
1: the that something that fandom kind of almost it reaches like a religious level of identification.
0: You consider yourself religiously Harry Potter.
1: No, I don't. <laughs> I did when I was younger. When I was a teen, like I was you obsessed with it? Harry okay, Potter. Cool. I'm no, just talking about like fandoms it. where fans have that reaction. You know what I mean like
0: that I think you're exactly right. Well, yeah, there's fucking Harry Potter world. You're right. I think that's like a world that I'm not like as exposed to. Although I did say last night, we should watch fucking Harry Potter because it seems like a Christmas movie to me. Anyway, they have become right Christmas here.
1: movies. It's a weird phenomenon. It is
0: weird. So me, like me, like literally from across the world, meeting all these people and knowing what they want from me. Yeah. But- knowing what they kind of want from me, which is the like romanticizing of these men who were behaving badly, always kind of put me in like a funny position with all of this. Like, And Steve being part of that as well. I don't really know where I'm going with that exactly, but it's just like a weird, yeah, what you want for the character. Because I think what would have been really powerful in the Miranda Steve story would be for Miranda to have ended up with the hot doctor who worked for the Knicks. And for Steve to be with Debbie, because that was a match made in heaven. Like, that seemed right to me. And then, like, co-parent the kid and, like, kind of, like, go that avenue and explore that family dynamic. But neither here nor there.
1: And if the show had been made now, that is what would have happened. You know what I mean? But, like, a happy ending in 2000-whatever-3 when the show ended. Can
0: I tell you this really funny thing? So, like, I was never, like, fully, um... You know, open book, honest with the tours, but I was like not like making up massive lies. This one girl started, and um yeah, it's an insane job. In that you're doing stand up for three and a half hours nonstop. It's like actually really demanding and crazy because like you could be like getting ready to talk about something and then you hit a red light and all of a sudden you have like two minutes left, like dead air to fill. So it's hard. But this girl, you know, I asked her. I was like, "How's it going?" She's like, "Oh my god, it's been really tough." But this group loves me. I told them I fucked big. And I was like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah." I didn't know what to say, so I was just standing there. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> she was like, "Yeah." So I just kind of went like, "Guys, you want to hear something?" And they were like, "What?" And she's like, "I fucked big," and I'll tell you, there's a reason they call him big. And, and it's I was just, like she like, yeah, she's incredible. never met him, I was like stunned to silence in a way that I was like. I don't know. I'm like disgusted and impressed. I was like, "That is so bold."
1: <laughs> that's so funny. Isn't that the funniest thing? I've ever that's heard? really funny because you know all those people time. went back to Indiana and were like, "And our, and our tour guide
0: had sex with bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of genius, actually. I, no, no, it
1: is genius because it is like one of those things that's like kind of a harmless lie. Like, it's not going to actually affect that's anyone. That's true. Like, that's true.
0: Except now she's probably uh, like, "Eek!" Yeah, right, okay. for sure. But hilarious. Oh God. So, let's go end of the episode. I really... When Carrie arrives at the building... I was on my period when I watched it. I was already getting teary for some reason. I don't know if it was, like, her arriving home. I don't know if it's just this emotional manipulation that this franchise is capable of pulling out of me. When she's like, I'm going to take a walk. I'm like, oh, my God, we're walking again. We're doing this. And she gets to the steps. And I was just, like, full, like... That's our fucking girl. I was so happy. Unfortunately, that's our girl. When she
1: said, I'm going to walk. I, kn- I literally like that, said, I was like, I was home. And there's like that, I walked myself home.
0: I walked myself home. Yes.
1: Genius. It's good. The writing at when the writing is good. It's so fucking good.
0: And they know they know what they're doing. This episode did just kind of like put me back in with the full trust that they're going to like take care of us through it. Am I worried about the Stanford situation? Yeah, I feel like they were really leaning on him, and yeah. that blows. But
1: I don't think it was going to be like the center central narrative of the season. So I think they'll be able to work around it. It'll be it. fine.
0: It'll be fine. Um, did you see Kim Cattrall in the How I Met Your Father trailer? I, did. I, I did. love that that also dropped on the same day. It's so funny, like the timing of all of these things happening. Like, I know
1: it's a it's an interesting time. I am like excited for that show. To be honest, I think
0: I am too. I think that like Hillary Duff fits well into that world of like classic sitcom.
1: Yeah, and and like in an opposite way to, um, in like an op- frankly like an opposite way to Sex and the City in certain ways. Mm. I'm like I have mutual friends with Hillary Duff. Like I know she's like a very good person, oh, and so it's like nice to I'm know mutual like
0: friends with Hillary. But it's like I, to who are your mutual friends with Hillary? My friend
1: Molly is friends with is is like good friends with Hillary Duff. But it's just okay. to say like I'm like I have like very good anecdotal like proof that like she's a good person and she's like the star of that show so it's like nice to be seeing a show and I'm also like friendly with some one of the other cast members it's like nice to know it's like okay I can watch this and like if I enjoy it like I also know the people are good which Mm -hmm. is like it's sometimes sometimes can be hard to watch a show where you I've heard like that guy's a creep or whatever so it's nice that this show I'm like I know this person's a good person
0: yeah yeah um I used to party with her first husband the hockey player because he played for Pittsburgh. Oh, there you go. And he would call, or he'd be like, yeah, hold on, hold on, as he's fucking, you know, whatever, flirting, doing whatever with other girls. Oh, hey, Hill, hey. And I'd be like, Hill, hi, hello, Oh, my, hi, my God. <laughs> Literally, I was Hey, like, Hill, love you, love you, and hello. Um, funny you say that. I was thinking today, I was like, in the way that, like, Jeffrey Tambor has truly destroyed Transparent. You can't watch Arrested Development without thinking of at least, like, you know, how Jessica Waters was treated and, like, Walters. And I don't know. For me, like, that was difficult to separate. I'm interested to see in watching back. It sucks because, like, after the first episode, I was kind of excited to go back and watch and be like, okay, I want to watch the Big and Carrie narrative because that is the central narrative of the series. It is, of course, Carrie being single, but he is constantly present i think it is their love story is the show and i wanted to watch it start to finish knowing how it ends how is that going to be now
1: yeah but almost better for it to happen now than for you to have done that for a month and then this come out do you know i, what know. I mean like
0: but i mean like how, going back and watching it it's, how gonna, is be hard. it's gonna be
1: hard it's gonna be hard it's brutal. gonna be hard
0: and i just kind of fucking hate that these men take this away from all of us with their behavior It just kind of fucking sucks. And I feel bad that, like, this story is now darkening the show as they're trying to promote it, as they're trying to get people to watch it. Like, maybe it'll, in some fucked up way, like, help. Like, people, like, now want to see him die. Cool. But, like, it just sucks for, like, the other actors and everyone involved in the show that this narrative kind of takes center stage.
1: I know. It really sucks across the board. But I am really enjoying the show, and I'm very excited to watch the next episode.
0: Truly. I am, too. I am, too. And, yeah. I trust them. I think that's where I got with this episode. I was like, I truly do trust
1: them. And I will say, I think, like, if you're watching a show, there's a there's a... There's a... There's an enclave of viewers who want the show to be bad so they have something to laugh at there's an right. enclave of viewers who want to have the pob like, and part I'm of su- me is
0: that and part want
1: of me to be almost part. like superior to it right but also and if you're I,
0: looking for that you can find you it you can
1: find it but also you can watch the show wanting to like it and I think it is a good show that is really enjoyable to watch and is doing some really good stuff so I would say it's under- first. better interest to watch the show through that lens and enjoy it yep. you know and have
0: fun with it yeah oh poor Carrie well, I think an excellent analysis from Jake Cornell in his second episode of Chic NYC.
1: Honored to be here always. It's oh my, my favorite. God, it's a
0: pleasure. Doesn't it seem quiet?
1: Yeah, last week that we couldn't do it outside because it was, it was, was bustling. drilling. And now it's a quiet night in the Lower East Side.
0: Yeah. It's good, I guess. It's good. Well, Jake, thank you so much. Anytime, babe. A true pleasure and an honor to have you. Stay safe out there. If you are not in New York get your or if you are in new york too yeah if you are in new york get it too but if you're not in new york strap in and stay safe we love you bye